Chapter 15. Murdered Mustangs. Next morning, Hattie grumbled and complained while he and Pete fixed breakfast. I knew no good would come of going back to the ranch without my sugans, he said. Had to sleep in a bed and it near broke my back. Couldn't tell from one minute to the next what part of that infernal thing would give way under a part of me or another. It was like trying to get comfortable on top of a cloud and about as safe. He winced as he leaned over to take hold of the long handle of the frying pan, and when he sent the flapjack in the pan sailing into the air, it landed half on the side of the pan instead of in the middle. I'm sorry your back hurts, Pete said. Is there anything I can do to help? The best thing you can do is go out on Sandy and while you're riding, think up some way to get rid of all the beds in the world. Pete laughed and began to saddle up. He knew the old man wouldn't let him do anything to help, even if he did stay around the camp. As he rode down toward the dunes, he decided to spend the day trying to find out something about the auto tracks that he had seen leading into Moore's camp. He already knew that they came from the south, so he planned to circle around the edge of the dunes and visit the camp from that direction. Sandy's pace was a sheer delight to Pete as he broke into an easy lope where the ground above the dunes opened out. He enjoyed the strong rhythm of the horse, the morning air, which was still cool, and the intense sunlight which filled the valley and was reaching into the trees and canyons above him to the left. Raining Sandy down to a walk, he turned onto the edge of the dunes at the point where they lay highest against the mountain. Soon now he would turn back up toward Moore's place. Then he saw marks above the dunes, two parallel lines in the grass and gravel, tire tracks. They pointed towards the dunes, but if there had been tire tracks on the sand itself, wind would have covered them up. Pete turned his horse out into the dunes. Maybe if he rode a little way out, he could find something that would help him explain those tracks. Sandy, however, became nervous after he'd gone only a short way. He danced and reared a little and sidestepped. I wonder if you're remembering things about these dunes and figuring how nice it would be to have a run here without me on your back, Pete said to Sandy. But Pete soon decided there was more than this behind the horse's behavior. He was jittery, uncertain. Then suddenly he snorted and whirled round, streaking it for the mountainside. Pete tried to control him only when they reached solid ground. After he had quieted the terrified animal, he tied him to an aspen grove and then returned to the dunes on foot. Behind a small ridge of sand, he found what had frightened Sandy, the body of a recently killed Mustang. The coyotes hadn't discovered it yet, and Pete could see small bloody hole in the Mustang's chest. Somebody shot this mare, Pete said to himself. That's a mighty mean thing to do. He walked back off the dunes. Before he mounted again, he wanted to have a look at the tire tracks. The treads that had made them up were large, and as Pete stepped from one track to the other, he had a feeling there was something special about them. But at first, he wasn't sure what it was. Then he remembered something. Back in Chicago, when snow lay on the streets, ordinary automobile tracks were exactly two of his strides apart. But when he stepped across these tracks, his stride seemed to be longer, or else the tracks were closer together. And he was sure he hadn't grown that much since last winter. Clearly, this couldn't be the trail of a truck or an ordinary car. It must have been made by a jeep. In fact, a jeep was about the only thing that could get around in this roadless mountain country. And, of course, Moore had appeared at the ranch that first time in a jeep. It seemed to Pete that the tracks merely led from the direction of Moore's camp to the edge of the dunes and back again. He couldn't see what the man would be doing that for, after all. He had a horse for short trips, and the distance from here to the camp wasn't long. He felt sure, too, that Moore must have been involved somehow with that dead Mustang. But how? Why had he killed it? Clearly, Moore must have still another road into his camp from the south. 
The dunes were not a good roadbed, even for a jeep with four-wheel drive and heavy treads. With this in mind, Pete decided to push on further to the south and see what he could discover. Sandy was calmed down now, and Pete rode along close to the edge of the sand. He hadn't gone far when Sandy spooked again. A little way to the right, Pete caught a glimpse of something sticking up through the sand. He tried to ride toward it, but the horse refused. He wheeled and fought against the pressure of the reins. Pete did not want to bully Sandy into anything, so he let him follow his own head off into another grove of aspens where Pete tied him again. Plodding out into the dunes on foot, Pete found that some freak wind had exposed a skeleton. He was sure it had a horse's skull. Probably it had been another Mustang. Obviously it wasn't an old skeleton, weathered and white. There were still bits of decayed flesh clinging to the bones, which had been strewn around by coyotes. It certainly looked as if someone was after the Mustangs. If it was more, why on earth did he want to kill the horses and simply leave them? On his way back to Sandy, Pete decided he would not push on further south. Instead, he would ride up, visit Moore's camp again, and see what he could find out there. In half an hour, he reached the edge of the glade where Moore had set up the two tents. Keeping up wind of the camp, he rode along out of sight so that Sandy wouldn't spook again. Behind a low ridge, he hobbled his horse and walked the rest of the way. Between the two tents, he could see Moore with his back turned, adjusting the saddle on Bridger. Hello! Pete called. Moore swung around, facing Pete. What do you want? he asked in an angry, startled voice. On the spur of the moment, Pete said, Oh, Hatsy and I ran out of sugar and thought maybe we could borrow a little. You can get it at your ranch, Moore answered sourly. And when you're there, why don't you stay there? For your information, I'm only interested in the company I invite. I didn't mean to butt in, Pete said, trying to appear friendly. But I didn't see any harm in asking. Pete glanced around the camp and off to his right he saw something which hadn't been there before. Leaning against a tree was an archer's target, and near the sleeping tent there was a large bow with some arrows. Now he remembered that when Moore came to the ranch that first time, Hatsy had seen a bow and arrow in the jeep. Moore noticed Pete's interested glance at the archery equipment and his attitude changed. The doc who sent me up here said I needed some exercise. I've been practicing with that. Let's see you shoot, Pete said. Moore picked up the bow, shouldered the quiver full of arrows, and walked off a long way from the target. With what seemed to Pete like incredible speed, the man shot arrow after arrow into the target. In no time, ten of them were bunched around the bullseye. You're good, Pete said. Are you as good with a gun? Moore looked at him sharply. I don't have a gun. Wouldn't have one around. I saw all I wanted of them in the war, Moore snapped. Now don't you think it's about time you beat it out of here? I'd sure appreciate if you could lend me a little sugar, Pete asked slyly. I got nothing here but package of lump sugar, Moore retorted. That's what I want anyway, Pete said. It's for my horse. He didn't feel like coming into your camp with me. He seemed to remember not liking it around here much. Beat it, Moore snapped. If you come here again, you're in trouble. I could easily enough tell the sheriff about that stolen horse you're keeping. He's just as much mine as he could be anybody's. I've got a right to him. He was a wild horse, and I gentled him. I'm not breaking any law, any more than a fellow who kills mustangs on the dunes just for fun. Moore's eyes blazed at this. He shouted in fury, Get out and stay out! I told you! Pete turned and went back to Sandy. Then he rode slowly, thoughtfully down toward the camp. He had seen something interesting, but if Moore had a jeep, it was concealed in the trees somewhere and Pete felt sure he knew now what had spooked the wild horses so badly before he began his chase. Moore had been murdering Mustangs.